The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Hello, and welcome to the Transformation for Success show. This is Dr. Barbara Young, your success talk show host for today. I hope you're having a great day. I'd like to first give a big shout-out to my entire West Bay family and to my worldwide fans of the Transformation for Success show. I want to thank you so much for your love and support, and keep those emails and comments coming. Today on the show, we are chatting with Wendy Hatton, a business and life coach from Northern Virginia. You'll want to hear her story of transformation, so stay tuned. Call your friends, tell them to listen in, or they can download the show later for their listening enjoyment. And if they wish, they can tune in live on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Empowerment Channel. And listen, on Fridays, you can listen at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time, and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Women's Channel. You can also access me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For your information as well, you can download previous Transformation for Success show interviews through my website, transformationforsuccess.com. Now, I want to encourage you that you can email me any of your questions or insights about the show or things that you'd like to hear about to info at transformationforsuccess.com. And you can access me on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, Dr. Barbara Young. You know, I always like to share about success strategies to empower one's self to achieve amazing results. Because, you know, strategies, for in my mind, are basically how do we do things in life and the way we think about things and how we act on them and actually take action. So today, for many of you out there, your listeners, I know you need to be motivated, you need to be empowered. This is the show to listen to today. So I want to introduce my guest today, Miss Wendy Hatton. Well, good afternoon, Miss Hatton. How are you? <laughs> Hello, doing well. Thank you so much for having me on here today. Well, I'm excited to have you. You know, Wendy, when I uh, learned about you and discovered some of the things and interesting things you were doing, and of course your amazing transformation journey, I was absolutely going to go after you to have you be on the show. <laughs> I'm so flattered. <laughs> I mean, I pursued. You know, you can tell I'm a woman of, you know, strong pursuits and perseverance. Right. But let me just, <laughs> let me just right. share uh, with my listeners a little bit about who Wendy Hatton is and some of the things you've done. Wendy Hatton is also, she's a sales trainer and speaker with Eric Lotham 
International, which is a multi-million dollar global sales training organization. And that's why I wanted to have her on the show because we talk a lot today about marketing and sales. And so this organization has trained thousands of business owners and entrepreneurs to increase their sales results. So this dynamic woman has also been a co-host of her own weekly blog talk radio show on Sky's the Limit Radio since 2012. Uh, she's also the creator and editor of a digital magazine on the iTunes newsstand titled Life Harmony Magazine, where she features articles written by successful coaches in the personal development arena. Now, an interesting uh, tidbit about Ms. Hatton is that she is a professional clarinetist. Did I pronounce that right, McCaffrey? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people probably murder that word. <laughs> that was exactly correct. Yeah. <laughs> but really about being a clarinetist, she was formerly in the U.S. Navy Band, and she didn't talk a little bit about that. And she's still performing and maintains an extensive private studio. So, Wendy, again, I want to welcome you to the Transformation for Success show. So I, I'm just delighted that you had the time uh, from your busy schedule to be here in the studio today. You know, oh, it's God. amazing what you've put into motion over the years. Um, I did a little research on you, as always I do with my guests, so I know that you're married, you have two grown children. I want to say hello to your children out there. Your mom's on radio. <laughs> yes, yes. They are we always successful. want to acknowledge our family members because they are so important, and I know as women, they undergird, many oftentimes our family undergird our efforts of what we do. But tell me about Wendy and who she is. Where did you grow up and a little bit about your background? Gosh, well, I actually grew up in California, Southern California, born mm-hmm. in, yes, born in Redlands, and oh my goodness. Mo- eventually moved to Riverside and lived there until mm-hmm. I was a senior, a junior in high school, and then my dad decided to get a new job out the East Coast, and they pulled me out of school at the end of my junior year, and I didn't get to go to my senior year, and they felt so bad about that that they uh, actually made arrangements for me to fly back and watch my friends graduate. I had already graduated. Oh, um, so nice. Right. And then they also wanted to get me involved in some kind of a musical organization because that was what I what I did. So they they did some searching and they found the DC Youth Orchestra that um was just about ready to go on a Scottish mm-hmm. and e- English um England mm-hmm. trip and one of the clarinet students was about ready to to graduate. So I just went there and played for them and they said, "Oh yes, would you like to come and and just replace the person who just who just uh graduated and by the mm-hmm. way, would you like to go to Scotland and England with us?" <laughs> So it was. Wow. My parents were very satisfied that they were able to um, just make sure that I had something that was going to be very um, transformative and just wonderful for me to do, uh, rather than just leaving my high school. <laughs> Since I had to leave my high school, and I had um, mm-hmm. went to um, my senior year in in Maryland, so that's where that's how long I've been on the East Coast ever since 1974. So wow. You know, the, the interesting thing about this is that uh, you making that transformative journey 
as we call it, uh, in the junior year. I mean, that must have been a little bit heart-wrenching because making friends, uh, as I'm sure you did in high school, and then having to leave and then make new friends on the East Coast, because the East Coast, I can tell you, is very different from the California girl that you were. Very <laughs> different, yes, very different. <laughs> so I know, I know from personal experience, you had to make some adjustments. And mm-hmm. I came from the Midwest to California oh. and, and to Berkeley at that. So I can tell you, and I was 15 when I graduated from high school and coming to, but coming to college at 15 and just the whole cultural adjustment. But one of the things that I want to ask you, you're quite talented and musically inclined, of course. Was this something that happened early on, you know, that was identified and you knew that you had this talent? Well, our whole family, uh, we're all musicians. So just oh, a little... Okay. Right. As a little girl, we mm-hmm. I played piano when I was in kindergarten. So I've always been involved with, with music. And okay. when when we got to when I got to third grade, that's when that that particular elementary school offered uh, band instruments. So I so my parents took me to a music store, and they uh, I guess the person that was behind the counter was a better clarinet player than a flute player because they said, okay, which one do you want to play? Do you want to play this one? And they, he played the flute, and I thought, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what the other one sounds like. And then he said, oh, we'll see what this one sounds like. He played the clarinet, and I really liked how how it sounded. I liked the, mm-hmm. the silvery keys on it. And, the, and so mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to play trumpet because it only had three vowels, and I thought I'd only get to play three <laughs> notes. But... <laughs> so, so, <laughs> But later I found out that you can make more notes. But so that's when I that's when I found and discovered clarinet way back in third grade, and just growing up, yeah, growing up through all of the experiences in band and everything, and mm-hmm. even when I was in just about to go to college, I wasn't sure if I wanted mm-hmm. to, to be a clarinetist. My mother had been in uh, education, and so that's what I had decided to do at University of Maryland. I went for orientation class in the education building, and mm-hmm. it, it was okay. I, I just didn't really – this is kind of funny, but I didn't really like the building itself. It was kind of grungy, and I didn't couldn't see myself – sitting in those classrooms for four years. So I said, why don't I just walk over to the music building and see what that's like? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, quite a so difference, I, I bet. Quite different, yes. So that's when mm-hmm. I realized that that was my path to, to go into music. So that's, what, that's where that started. As a, when I was a freshman in college, that's when I realized that that's what I wanted to do for my career. And so then I eventually uh, went through college and then got into the Navy band. I did some auditioning for other other uh, groups, mm-hmm. but the Navy band saw the potential in me and, and knew that I would be a good addition to them. So 15 years later, I took the early retirement. I, I actually retired early, early from the Navy. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm intrigued. I I, I know the (laughs) listeners are as well because Wendy, you know, it's it's amazing. uh, You you know your journey. I just Mm -hmm. have a quick question because, like, you were early early start, uh, and being in a musical family, I'm sure a lot of that was inherited. But you know, um, I I can relate, and and I'm going to share this because actually I started playing piano when I was four. I just had an ear for music. Really? But, uh, oh yeah, I started playing the piano. I mean, I just could hear tunes in my head. And mm. I started playing the piano and at six. 
uh, my I was encouraged to take piano lessons because they would say you don't want her to play at that time they used it the expression by ear so mm-hmm. but to learn to actually read music Reading now right. the interesting part of it is is that my grandmother wanted me to play clarinet I oh, really? could not master clarinet I just did not like it um, because you have to know how to breathe <laughs> and with a reed in your mouth. It's a whole different right. experience right. from going from, from, from piano to clarinet. So that's why I was intrigued. You started playing the piano, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you go to clarinet. I am yeah. so fascinated by that. But, you know, what I think it has to do with a lot the person. <laughs> yeah, I think it had and to I do with it. the person sitting in the, uh, you know, behind the counter in that music store. That's, he, he was who <laughs> shaped my destiny. <laughs> You should go back and thank him, you know. But it's, it's interesting. I went off to college thinking I was going to major in music, become a music education major. But then when I got involved in music, I decided I was more interested in psychology, the behavior oh. of individuals. So oh. I want to know, uh, what, what did you major in? Did you major, I major in music? I started in music education, but then... Mm-hmm. Two years in, I kept hearing all, all these stories about what it, what it was like teaching in the public school system, and I said, "This mm-hmm. that is not for me, so I switched to performance. So I graduated okay. with a per- performance degree. Great. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, so now, how did you end up in the Navy? I mean, that, you know, oh. I mean, were you recruited? No, actually... When it was time for me to graduate from, I got my master's as well, so when it was time for me to go out into the world, uh, I knew that in order to get into any kind of musical organization, I'd have to find an opening and then go audition for it. So the Navy Mm -hmm. band just happened to have an opening uh, for an audition. There wasn't any, I I didn't have any kind of ties to the Navy or anything. I just needed a job, and I wanted to play. So... Mm -hmm. um, so the Navy band, I saw that they had an opening in the paper. So I said, okay, I'll just apply for this and go play for them and see what happens. So the rest wow. is history. <laughs> but so I had done that. Were, how many years were you there in the, in the Navy band? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. They were, it was back in the time when they were trying to cut down and, um, on the, in the military. So they were offering mm. these really good deals if you retired early. So I just happened to be eligible enough to do that. Um, and the reason I was I did that was because I was having trouble problem with my weight. You know, this in the D.C. area, you really have to be. Um, it's like a visual type of uh, um, organization because we represent the entire Navy, so everyone has to look great in their uniform, and um, mm-hmm. which uh, which was a little stressful for me just because I was having trouble with my weight and I. Had, keeping it down, and so other people around, uh, friends of mine were kind of go th- going through the same thing, and so I thought, gosh, I think I should just take this this uh, opportunity to retire early, so just in case I don't get kicked out, <laughs> kicked out for uh, mm-hmm. being too overweight, so, because if that happened, I would not get any uh, benefits or anything like that. Right, so, right, right. So, That's interesting. Uh, that That is very interesting how... Um, that they had these requirements and uh, regimented. Uh, Did you, you know, being uh, an artist and very creative, uh, which I know that you are because you have to have that in order to be, you know, I think musically inclined, Mm -hmm. but did you find that there was uh, a challenge by being in such a regimented uh, organization such as the Navy uh, where you're sort of told what to do, what to wear, who you are talking about your weight, did you find that was sort of a, a a conflict with who you really were, Wendy? 
Yes, that's a very good question <laughs> <laughs> because that that was the there there was the military way and then there was the like the way that I wanted to do it and that was a conflict uh, especially with the the requirements of uh, your the weight and all of that and the, the physical mm-hmm. training that you had to do and everything so that part was a little challenging even though it was a very rewarding uh, job we would travel all over the country and sometimes overseas mm-hmm. to to perform and people mm-hmm. would treat us like we were celebrities, and, but then on the other hand, we'd go back to work and then, okay, we've got a physical training test coming up in a couple of weeks and we're going to weigh in mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, it, was, mm-hmm. it was a very mixed bag. So I was sad to have to retire, but I was glad too because I, it, it was a retirement, not a separation or something like that. So, right, um, right. So, yeah, that is true. Uh, the, the military and, and I wasn't as uh, cohesive as I was probably could have been or Why? should have. Some people Why? stayed till 26, 30 years. <laughs> and so well, I got to We're, <laughs> we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we're going to talk about how your journey from retiring from the Navy led to your life as a business coach. So let's right. stay tuned. We'll be right back with Miss Wendy Hatton. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello there, and welcome back to Transformation for Success with my guest today, Miss Wendy Hatton, who's a business and life coach from Northern Virginia, and she has just been sharing her early, early life, and I hope many of you were listening, and after retiring from the U.S. Navy Band, and she is a clarinetist, and she found another passion after her journey with the Navy Band. We're going to talk about her journey and another passion 
that she found. So, Wendy, welcome back. And listen, I am so delighted to hear about the second phase of your life, how we now we've retired from the U.S. Navy band. You're, you're the right. coronetist. Yes. And how did you discover this other passion? Well, okay, so when I retired, I retired early because I was worried I would not make it to 20, and they offered that uh, opportunity, so I took that. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. the, f- the fact that I was actually retired made me think, oh, now I don't have to worry about what I have to eat or anything like that. So, yes. so I sort of gained a bunch of weight. I think that happens to a lot of people who do retire, who, but in, in my case, I, I really did. I called, I called it my nine-year binge, and, mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. For, and I, I must have gained, I think I gained about 50 pounds. So okay. um, mm-hmm. I went to the doctor, I had a physical, and she said, you have pre-diabetes. Oh, no. So that was my, the calling that sent to myself saying, okay, this is not right. This, I've got to do mm-hmm, some changing mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. So I looked online and just to look for something, some kind of a program I could be a part of that could maybe help me. Weight Watchers never helped. I, nothing I tried really helps. But I did find this mm-hmm. one program online that actually had coaches as part of the program. I was thinking, coaches? Hmm. That's mm. interesting. So they they uh, sort of featured each of them. I read through their bios and everything and I, I said, okay, I'm going to try this. So I selected one of the coaches, and she, we immediately clicked. And we just went through the program, and after about a year and a half, uh, I mm-hmm. lost 70 pounds. So, wow. Good this girl. From, <laughs> yeah. This was from the coaching. That was the only difference that I hadn't gone mm-hmm. through before. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, this coaching thing is really something special. So um, right around the time towards the end, uh, they sent out an email uh, advertising a coaching program. And the email subject said, can you be a health coach? I was thinking, a health coach? Huh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I sat through a, a teleseminar and went through the whole thing, and, and it just clicked. I said, this is it. I want to do this. I want to help other people to go through the same kind of transformation that I did. So I mm-hmm. went through um, this coaching course. It was a, a year long, um, and then it was... The niche for it was health, but as far as learning all the coaching techniques, we were able to do that. They just said, you can, when you graduate, you can do any niche that you want. So right. when, I, when I did graduate, I did start out as uh, helping people lose weight because that's what I knew. But then uh-huh. I guess uh, maybe a few, a few months down the road, I was thinking, you know what, I, this was, that was so transformational for me, a coach helping me. I want to help other coaches so they mm-hmm. can help other people. So I want to help them build their businesses. And so right. it'd, be, it'd be kind of a ripple effect, me helping a coach who can help other people and they can help other people, kind of, kind of like that. So that's mm-hmm. when I started. That was about a year ago when I started focusing on helping coaches and consultants so that helps help change lives and want to change the world, that kind of kind of thing. That's, so that, that's right. basically my passion. And I know that those types of people, they're sort of the compassionate, heart-centered type people, they're, they feel mm-hmm. very resistant around sales, sales and selling, things like that. And mm-hmm. they know they need to do it. So they're mm-hmm. sort of in a conflict because they, they feel like they're going to be man- manipulative or pushy or salesy. So as a result, they don't, really do anything and they don't succeed in their in their business so that's where I that's where I'm coming in to help them 
overcome that whole mentality of, you know, the stigma of sales. So they won't feel like they're a, a, a car, right. a used car, a used car person or something like that. Right. Well, you yeah. know, I, I applaud and admire you for what you're doing and how, you know, through your own uh, journey, you found your passion. And, and, you know, I'm a great believer in, in finding your purpose, finding your passion, because many people never do, unfortunately. I hate to tell you that. But, mm. that, but the, the sensitivity, uh, and I always say that it takes one to know one. I mean, when you experience this journey and you, you experienced it, then, and you accomplished, you, you overcame an obstacle, you overcame something, so that mm-hmm. you can then translate that from a very compassionate way. You know, I used to tell people, you know, for people to get up and talk about things, but they never experienced it. So you, mm-hmm. you don't know until you walked in my shoes. Right. So the, the interesting part of that is true, that coaching, if you learn the techniques of coaching, you can apply it to anything. My, my question is, um, it's interesting how you began to focus uh, on business um, and business coaching because, you know, and you do hear a lot of uh, trepidations from people in marketing and, and sales and how difficult it is. How did you happen to get involved with Eric Law from uh, Law Home International? Was that, did they reach out to you? Or what oh, no. Uh, actually, the, the previous uh, training that I had received, this, the person who was, was heading that up knew him, and she sort of, she, he was doing some kind of end-of-year planning for the new year course that was free, and so she, she just uh, introduced him to us, saying, would you like to just, just go and through this his little course, and then you can plan your entire year next year, and it's all free. So that's how I that's how I uh, found him. And after finding him, I decided to want to that I wanted to keep learning from him because he had such mm-hmm. great um, great uh, things to t- to teach in that that arena of right. sales and just right. that whole right. yeah, making it so that you're not feeling like you're being manipulative or salesy or anything like being like that. Right. So. That's, well, that's the how I got like The thing that impressed me uh, was the fact that it's international, and since this is a show that is global uh, mm-hmm. and has such a global reach, uh, I thought it'd be a, a great experience for many of my listeners because I, I'm, I'm aware that a lot of clients, uh, you know, they're passionate, and as you state, uh, they're passionate and they're incredible at what they do, but they feel so uncomfortable when it comes to the sales and marketing aspects of the mm-hmm. business. So what advice or training do you give them? Is there something you can, you can share? Well, one of the first things I do, I have a, um, an online e-course that's free uh, for uh-huh. 90 days. And what it does, mm-hmm. it, it, go, it helps people to, to learn just the different marketing and sales strategies and things that they can implement. And the very first email that they get is a training on just changing your mindset around the whole sales and selling. So if you're a sort of a heart-centered type of individual, but you just cannot, you cannot align yourself with those words, I, mm-hmm. I actually made up these acronyms with the words sales and selling. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, so the one for sales is serve and listen every step, S-A-L-E-S. That's so, great. Yeah, so when they think of that, serve and listen every step, that's not being manipulative or salesy at all. (laughs) Um, No, it's listening. Right. Uh, And then the other one, the acronym for selling is 
share, empower, lead, love, inspire, nurture, and grow. And so if you ingrain those words into your head while you're thinking of those words, I mean, the Mm -hmm. words while you're thinking of the acronym, um, then eventually you will stop thinking about the negative of the whole stigma that sales is getting. And it seems to have really helped people when they're thinking about those words and uh, the acronym being sales and selling, it doesn't make those words icky anymore. <laughs> anymore. And that's great. You know, one of the things I think, Wendy, we can share is that I think bottom line for sales and marketing, it gets to be, and, and you have to start with the person, that inner person, because they have to be self-confident within themselves that a no is okay. Because I think really it's that fear of rejection, whether people Mm. may want to acknowledge it because this is just, you know, very suave professional salesperson or saleswoman. Mm -hmm. And and basically it's that internal thing of a no. It's something that says no. Yes, no. And so, (laughs) I mean, it's getting beyond that, not taking it as uh, personal. It's, It's not a rejection of you as the person, but it's not the concept or the the product uh, that you're trying to engage them in. Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be... Right. If, if they can just think of, if, they're, if they say no, and then mm-hmm. you'll just think, oh, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Just go to the next mm-hmm. person. <laughs> and, and so one of the uh, other things that Eric Lawson taught us was um, sort of um, an acronym, uh, uh, affirmation that he put together that I actually sort of tweaked it a little bit to fit, fit what I'd like to do. But it's, uh, it says selling equals service. Sell from honesty, integrity, and compassion. It's not about a hard sell. It's about a heart mm-hmm. sell. Uh, selling is about leading. Selling is about education. Selling is about moving people to action. So uh, I, I have people just sort of memorize that whole thing and then sort of mm-hmm. say it to themselves right before they go to sleep so it'll be ingrained in their subconscious, and mm-hmm. then right when they wake up in the morning, they say that again, and then once in sometime in the middle of the day, and if they do that for 30 days, they will have said that 300 times, <laughs> so by that time, <laughs> they will have it ingrained, they'll start believing it, you know, the um, wow. Think and Grow Rich, uh, the uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich book that it's, ta- it's like in Chapter Four. It talks about auto suggestion. Where if you if you say something over and over and over in your head, you're going to start believing it after a while. So this well, is- I believe that. Yeah, but I also yeah. believe in the spoken word. You've got to you've got to speak the word, mm. to speak it because yes. it becomes a reality when you speak it instead of the negative. Speak the positive. Yeah, so speak those affirmations out loud every day. I do that right. every morning. I'm oh, making yeah. my affirmations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is this is great stuff, uh, Wendy. That that you're doing, and I know a lot of people are are probably benefiting. Do you guys do some sort of assessment so that you can? Uh, I'm sure you do, absolutely. Mm-hmm. In terms of outcomes of the success of of this kind of training, uh, we have what we call a wheel of sales. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you might have heard of wheel of life, but right. It can be it can be translated into a wheel of sales. So you've got all the different uh, components of sales, selling like marketing and or um, networking and all, all those different parts of the piece or the pie mm-hmm. that fit mm-hmm. into it. And so they mm-hmm. first they they assess each each uh, section, like how they feel between one and ten. Uh, five mm-hmm. is sort okay. of average, yeah, that kind of thing. That's just mm-hmm. one of them. So, so it's it's pretty okay. helpful. 
And you can do Good. it like every three months or so and just see the difference after you're, you're now, getting Now, are people here. reporting that they're, they have increased their sales and marketing? Oh, definitely. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Cause, because their whole mindset is, has changed. It's just different. It's not the same scary thing, resistance. It's like all the resistance is just pretty much gone because they have changed their whole mindset and that mm-hmm. helps them when they speak to other people. They're not feeling like, oh, gosh, they're going to think I'm selling something to them. But, but the whole perspective is they're, they know that they're serving them. They're helping them. They're giving them what they, what they need and what they want. So this wow. is a whole, whole, different, a whole different perspective of it. So that's what I'm trying to, to portray or get to the, the world as much as I can to see that, it, that, that selling is not a bad thing at all. <laughs> and, you're not, and Wendy, rephrase that and say you're not trying, you're doing it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, doing it, doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Now, mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, today, we, ooh, wow, I mean, even myself included, this whole thing about social media platform for attracting clients, I mean, I, I can't tell you there's a plethora of ads and, that you get from people, and I'm sure you get the same thing about, we can help you obtain the best social media uh, platform to get more clients, <laughs> you know, and everybody, you know, is going to help you get more, more clients. So what, <laughs> what is your take on this? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you know, so social media, you don't really see the person right away. It's, it's a little different than meeting someone in person. So you mm-hmm. really have to, it, it's what your, your messaging has to, to really resonate with the person. Um, let's say you're on LinkedIn and you want to find clients because your mm-hmm. business is, those people are in that, on that platform. So, right. you know, you do the little advanced search and find, find a list of all the people that match the criteria that you enter. Uh, and then right. you think, okay, now it's time to start reaching out to them. And so, so many people just bombard them with just, uh, you can buy my stuff without even, even uh, forming a relationship, because that's that's the big thing. You have to, especially on social media, you have to really create re- relationships before people are going to even consider uh, working with you at all. Yeah. So you you just start out with a little. Oh, I'd lo- I'd love to connect with you. I think that you and I would uh, benefit from being connected. I think you're doing great stuff from from looking at your mm-hmm. your profile. I'd love to connect, and so. You you start out with complimenting the person. It's all about them. It's not about you at all. Uh, and then that'll help them be more attracted to you. And that's how it all starts, just starting with yes. a little uh, a, a relationship okay. with with the people. Um, right. And then see what they – it's kind of a back-and-forth kind of a thing before any right. kind of business is being conducted at all. <laughs> so. Right. Well, yeah. I call it Wolfham, and we're going to – Wolfham is what's in it for me. So basically oh, – Oh, I like that. Gonna, Let's see. W-I-F-M. We'll come back after our little quick break, and we're going to get into Wolfham, and we're going to talk about how you find opportunities to incorporate your coaching skills into your music in any way. Okay, listeners, we'll be right back with my guests, so stay tuned for Miss Wendy Hatton. Thank you for listening. It's
Change your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Transformation for Success show today with my guest, Ms. Wendy Hatton, who's a business and life coach who is doing extraordinary work with people helping them to build their businesses while having wonderful lives. She's going to talk in this segment about how she's been able to find some opportunities to incorporate her coaching skills into her music in any way because she is a professional clarinetist. So stay tuned, listeners, and Wendy, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I know that while you're helping coaches and you're doing a great job, uh, and from our last segment uh, about your acronyms for sales and the Wheel of Life, I like that very much, uh, Wheel of Sales, which is now uh, really giving feedback about how people feel. And we talked a little bit about uh, the best social media platform for attracting clients. Um, also, my question before we went on break was, are you able today, uh, because I know music is still in your heart, I know that, <laughs> to find opportunities to somehow incorporate your coaching skills into your music in any way? Now, that may sound like a strange question, but, you know. <laughs> well, believe it or not, there there is mm-hmm. a sort of a, a collaborative kind of type of thing because uh, orchestras, playing in orchestras, I love playing orchestras. I've played mm-hmm. one in my local area, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. there many of them are struggling financially and some of them are oh. even uh, folding. In fact, the, mm-hmm. the, the Philadelphia Orchestra went on strike, and so when an orchestra of that caliber has to go through that, then that's really not a good thing at all. So no, it's I, not. Right. So I, I sort of had a dream of what if I could be the, the symphony orchestra coach <laughs> kind of thing. But wow. So the, Great. 
my uh, my personal orchestra that I play in right now is going through some financial problems, and mm-hmm. my the executive director knew that I was a business coach, so he asked me if I could help them with uh, raising raising money or at least coaching the members to help them become more engaged and just to, so they can help the the orchestra thrive again as well. And so mm-hmm. uh, I said that that would be a a great challenge for me to to do that because they all know me. I'm also their librarian, so everyone knows me. Uh, mm-hmm. They all get music from me every every concert. So uh, so what it is is there are three components to orchestras. There's the donors, there are the patrons, and then the orchestra yeah. members. Uh, so right. this is a nonprofit organization, so they need to to, to actually make some money. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been through some some trainings. The, the sales training that I've been through can also apply to helping orchestras, and, and so um, it's it's just a matter of going onto LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and just looking for donor type uh, individuals who mm-hmm. who love music, and so mm-hmm. that's all you have to do. And so I've been I've been trying to help our orchestra to to build up in that in that area of, like, the, the, the orchestra members are not very motivated, I guess, because they're, they're not getting the, uh, the, as many orchestra concerts as they would like to have or rehearsals right. that they would like to have. Right. But in order to do that, you have to have enough money to pay them for the extra. So That's right. Um, so, yeah, that's, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm helping find donors for, for that, who love music and actually who love Northern Virginia, because that's this is the symphony that sort of represents Northern Virginia, and there there there's lots of money in in Northern Virginia, so uh, it, it's going to be not uh, not easy, but it's not going to be as difficult to find donors to help out with this organization because um, because they're right here in our backyard. So it, this is it's kind of a new uh, new type new. Uh, Thing that I'm actually into, not into, but um, that I'm sort of looking into because right, right. music, I love music so much because that's in me, like you said. Oh, yeah, so, it's a part of who you are. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So if I could be responsible for helping orchestras in around the country just not mm-hmm. go down and just to build them back up, that would, that would be most fulfilling. That and helping coaches, those are the two things that I would, would love to do, love to be able to I do. I think that's great. I think that's I think that's great, and that's why I asked that question because uh, knowing um, most artists, you know, who are creative musicians, you know, artists. I mean, and to be able to fold that into everything they do because you're never going to lose that part of you. And so oh, I think never. it's great that you found uh, some opportunities to integrate your coaching skills into your music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, in, into music in any way. And I'm going to wish you success and hopefully. Uh, may, this radio show can be uh, an attribute or be a help uh, yes. by you pushing it with, uh, it in your in your area, so that listeners can know that there are opportunities for them to get engaged with mm-hmm. helping to preserve the orchestra of Northern Virginia and to help. Right. So one one of the things, Wendy, you know, we all have um, challenges and we all have things in our personal professional career that happen to us, mm-hmm. and so. What, you know, has been your greatest challenge um, so far in your personal or professional career, and how did you overcome it? I, I know there might have been other things other than the weight issue, because I'm sure with weight issues, there were other issues beside that. So mm. what are some of your challenges that you can share with the listeners and uh, how you overcame them? 
Well, um, I guess I, I didn't mention right after I retired, I, I knew I had to, to make some kind of income because the retired pay is not gonna, doesn't make it here in the Northern Virginia right. area. So uh, I decided the logical thing would be to do to, would be to start a clarinet studio teaching clarinet lessons, um, mm-hmm. which I did. It was a real struggle at the very beginning of it. Uh, right. finding people and my husband saying we have to be, make some more money. So I was thinking, oh, I don't want to go back and get a job, job. So uh, so I eventually did build up a little studio. I think that's what actually helped me decide I wanted to go into the business uh, coaching after I discovered mm-hmm. this coaching because it would help people sort of towards the beginning to help them mm-hmm. um, build build their businesses a little bit quicker because I experienced this struggle at the very beginning. And it was even, it was more than just financial struggle. It was like, am I good enough to do any of this Mm -hmm. anymore? I'm like, I'm out of the Navy now, so I hope that I can still, I can make it while I'm out of the Navy. So there was kind Mm -hmm. of a, sort of a um, self-deprivation kind of thing when when I left the Navy thinking that I wouldn't be able to, do anything, and unless I just went out and went flip burgers at McDonald's or something, right, right, right. Um, right. So that was a that was a really big struggle for me. Um, but then after the coaching took off and everything, then now my husband is happy. <laughs> so great, so, great. Uh, so so that's good. I think that that was a struggle. Um, and let's see, watching my kids, they're they're both very successful. Um, mm-hmm. And that was it wasn't really a struggle, but I felt like I was stuck at home, not able to go and visit them they're They're both in New York City right now um, uh-huh. so, because I had to make money and my husband had to still have an income we couldn't there there, were, there weren't any opportunities to go up and visit them. They were so close, but still mm-hmm. kind of far <laughs> um so those I guess those would be struggles. Um, I think those were the those are the big ones. The weight thing, the getting out of the Navy and not having any that was a mistake for me, not preparing while I was in the Navy still on what I was gonna be doing <laughs> afterwards. So I guess that could be some advice for anyone who is just about ready to retire, just to get prepared for something that they could have for income before they're actually retired so they can just have mm-hmm. a smooth transition. So uh, I think that was something that I would have done differently if I had to I, I think do that, it again. I, I think that's so important um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of uh, really thinking ahead. And that, yes. you know, sort of gets into what you talked about earlier, how, how setting goals are so important. Mm-hmm. And you, you talked a little bit about goal setting. Were you, I mean, and I'm sure you are a proponent of goal setting. How do you engage people in, in goal setting? And because a lot of people, you know, it's, they don't want to write the vision. They don't want to do the goal setting. It's so important. And yourself personally, did you set goals for yourself after your experiences, you know, coming out of the Navy and not preparing? Are you now what you call the premium goal setter? (laughs) Well, after I learned all of this about it, I actually did. But um, there's actually one. Have you heard of, you've heard of the SMART goals, right? Where you have a T-SMART. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I was listening to Brenda Burchard a few months ago talk about mm-hmm. how SMART goals are good, but actually mm-hmm. there's another type of goal that is even more empowering called DUMB goals. <laughs> you call them DUMB <laughs> goals. <laughs> uh-huh. Another acronym. And it's for, 
it's for for people who want to just really think big and dream big. So, and the the letters represent D stands for dream or destiny driven. The U stands for uplifting. The M stands for method friendly, and the B stands for behavioral driven trigger. So. Um, so when he was talking about it, I said, this really makes so much sense. The, the SMART goals are good for after you've gotten the dumb goal, <laughs> goals figured out. Like, the, uh, let's say, like a dumb goal would be like um, going to the moon or building a huge empire, serving millions of people, the Martin Luther King Jr. March uh, for civil rights, um, uh, Bill Gates in, and eradicating the malaria. I mean, those are all huge goals. The, the SMART goals, it doesn't really go with measurable or attainable or realistic. Some, those seem like they're not really real, realistic. So mm-hmm. once you get those uh, dumb goals figured out um, and uplifting, so let's see, uplifting would be something like if you wanted to lose 20 pounds, just thinking, ugh, 20 pounds. That doesn't seem uplifting. <laughs> but if you say, I want to be vibrant and energetic and be able to help other people because I, I'm free of all the excess weight and everything, that's uplift, uplifting. Um, right. And right. then, like, method-friendly, meaning uh, you have a system, a structure on how you're going to get from one point to the other. Um, right. So, so that's based. And then the behavioral-driven trigger would be about, um, let's say, I'm still on the weight loss thing, but let's say you're a mom <laughs> taking you're a mom taking kids to school. You can just you can create a trigger saying, okay, drop them off. Immediately go to the the lake and walk around it, or immediately mm. go somewhere. So you set these little triggers that uh, are related to whatever it is the goal that you want to accomplish, and that's where the the behavioral driven trigger comes in. And then you do the SMART goals, like, within these different types of um, mm-hmm. these different categories. And so it helps you with the, um, just all the little uh, checklists and spreadsheets and to-do lists, and that's what comes from the SMART goals. So I sort of combine the two SMART versus dumb goals, put them, combine them together, and it really empowers these people to really make huge, great uh, goals for right. themselves. right. Yeah. Well, so. it is it is just absolutely wonderful um to to think about how to think about things in a larger way. Mm-hmm. I always think about dreaming big as dreaming beyond that which you can possibly do that only God can do. <laughs> it is uplifting because your your motives are uh, for a larger and a more grander purpose than self-aggrandizement. Mm-hmm. And so the method for how you're going to achieve that is, you know, again, with these lofty dreaming big. I'm a big dreamer, and I've got a lot of big dreams, but it's like I found out, and like many people, we dream so small. We, we have mm-hmm. these small dreams. Right. But the bigger the dream, uh, uh, I, you know, and I, <laughs> I think that you're able to accomplish it. And then it gets into the smaller, some of the small steps. But behavior-driven is, are you always on guard to make sure that you're, you're staying for me, I take that to be sure that I'm staying on purpose, that uh, it is not about money, it is not about success or fame, but it is about, for me, the larger thing of empowering and helping people throughout the world. That's my whole goal, is to oh. inspire and to give hope and encouragement to 10 million people before I leave the face of this earth. 
<laughs> I love that. Yes, yes. You and I are <laughs> right aligned together. <laughs> for sure. And, 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 you know, and I'm going to do, I believe, no, I know I'm going to do it. But which leads me into this just this statement, Wendy, out of that, and I appreciate your sharing that because I know the listeners will like that dif- difference, the dumb goals and the smart mm-hmm. goals. But mm-hmm. it gets us into, um, and, and I had a real provocative thought, was that you've accomplished a lot of successes. And what it means to me also that you're saying, success comes with a price. Success mm-hmm. is a journey not a destination. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of work to become successful, and success means different things to different people. But when you look at all of what you're doing and helping people to step up their game, not be afraid of selling, but having affirmations to believe in themselves that they can do anything they want to do. And I, I think you've inspired a lot of people. But how have you been able, and this is my last question, to maintain a healthy relationship with yourself while sharing so much with other folks? <laughs> Gosh, you know, I think helping others helps me. It's just mm-hmm. it's so fulfilling when I'm mm-hmm. able to help someone else do accomplish something that they really want, and it's just very, very fulfilling for me. Even, even teaching my clarinet students when they mm-hmm. have when they make it to first chair or something, that it's just so fulfilling to me. So I think that just other people create that within me. Um, it's, it's hard for me to do it by myself. Um, yes, just knowing that I was responsible. For partly for someone to succeed well, that's what that is how I've been able to do it. In my, my Thank student, you. Yeah. Thank you my, so much, Wendy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know Thanks. there's so much more to share, but I know. unfortunately, I've got to close the show today, and I want to wish you the best as you continue your journey to success. I know that we'll be partners and good friends. I'll, I'll want to see you soon. Yes. And I just again want to especially thank you for list, for the listeners for listening to the show today, and I yes. know that many of you have learned some very very important facts and some information today from my guest Miss Wendy Hatton, and I want to leave you listeners with this thought for the week from Thomas Edison: Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. So until next week, I want you to stay encouraged, stay motivated, stay positive, and be forever transformed for success. So until next week, be blessed and have a very great week. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 